This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox, and in just a few moments, Johnny Smartpoint, John Carlson, returns with a fresh look at Metro Vancouver real estate and those new numbers from September. But first, here are some more of the week's top consumer stories. Millennials, today's biggest block of consumers, only truly relax for seven hours a week, according to a new survey, and it's because they're too wrapped up in their phones. A poll of 2,000 British adults, 18 to 34 by one, poll found that hectic home and work lives mean they get less than 60 minutes to themselves each day. And around 6 in 10 even say they never truly relax because they're always checking their phones for emails and messages. A tenth even admitted they struggle to go longer than 10 minutes without checking their smartphones. A staggering 9 in 10 also confessed to opening their phones even though they knew they didn't have any messages just to look at the screen. The study also found many others can't. They find they can't relax even if they have no work to do with more than a third confessing to feeling at a loss when they haven't got chores to complete. Six 62% even went as far as to say they find modern life stressful, while 46% wish smartphones had never been invented to make it easier for them to switch off. As for their methods for unwinding, the respondents took different approaches. One in five said, hey, take the dog for a walk. 14% put their phones away and out of sight. However, turning on the TV is the most popular way to relax at 60%, more than reading a book or even just going around for a walk around the block. In addition to revealing just how stressed millennials can be, the study also revealed some of the most relaxing sounds, with the sea coming out on top. At 52%, 30% of those surveyed via one poll love to hear the sound of rain on a window. Gosh, and they don't live in Vancouver. 28% soothed by the sound of waterfalls. Whatever it takes to get you unwound a little bit. Millennials having some difficulties there. Hey, the B.C. government wants to hear from you if you have any thoughts on money laundering in our province. The head of the Commission of Inquiry says there will be a series of five public meetings beginning October 23rd here in Vancouver. Other locations, Kelowna, Victoria, Richmond, and Prince George. Members of the public can register to give a presentation. Now, this is limited to 10 minutes at one of the public meetings. You can't do 10 minutes at all five. You get 10 minutes at one. Those who can't attend but want to provide information can contact uh, the commission uh, online. In particular, particular, the inquiry wants to hear about the most significant laundering issues and the consequences of those issues in communities. They also want to know how the commission should focus on its mandate, steps they want to take to address money laundering, and how we in the community can participate in the process. The commission is mandated to investigate the extent, growth, evolution, and methods of money laundering in British Columbia and what economic sectors are impacted. One thinks of real state pretty quickly. The inquiry, led by Commissioner Austin Cullen, is expected to deliver a final report in May 2021. 
Oh, and this. You won't find Monopoly, rather, in the Shucks Library, but you will find Battlestar Galactica, Euro games, uh, roll and write games like Welcome to, revamped retro games like Fireball Island, and one of the most popular in the world, Code Names. So what exactly is Shucks? Well, in this case, it's Shucks 19, and it's a huge board game convention on this weekend at the Vancouver Convention Center. Organizers say over 3,000 new board games are published every year, and this gathering is tripled in size in only three years. Players can pick games from a library of almost 1,500, go to the Looking for a Group area, set up an invitation on a table, and get a game started. They can join more dynamic mega games or check out some of the stage events. This got underway yesterday, but there are still many opportunities for fun and learning new games. Runs right through until midnight tonight and all day tomorrow, too. Shucks 19 at the Vancouver Convention Center. Center. Those are some more of the week's top consumer stories. We'll have even more for you later on in the hour, but coming right up is John Carlson, Johnny Smartpoint, to take a look at some new numbers and offer an overview of Metro Vancouver real estate. Stay with us. This is Vancouver Consumer, and you are on CKNW. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. This Saturday afternoon, I'm Sterling Fox, joined in studio by Johnny Smartpoint. John Carlson, Personal Real Estate Corporation, back on the airwaves of CKNW. Hi, John. Good afternoon. It's great to see you again, Sterling. Good to have you back with us. A couple of stories in the news this week for your co- comment, if you would, please. Uh, let's start with the, the big number. Vancouver area home sales jump 46.3% in September to near average level. So that's a big jump. It's a big number. And it's just right in line, John, with what you've been predicting on this program for the last month. Over this summer, a very soft activity summer in the real estate industry. You've been saying, you just wait until the fall and watch what happens in the fall. And voila, here we are in the fall and look at the number. You know, it was good to see a good real estate market in Greater Vancouver and Fraser Valley as well. Of course. Um, when they mention the 46% increase, they're talking about uh, over last September. Right. And as we all know, the market was in a bit of a decline over the last couple of years. And uh, in that decline, we hit some numbers that were pretty low, some almost all-time lows, or at least 20-plus-year lows. Um, and my theory, you know, has been this whole time that people don't wait forever. Real estate doesn't go out of style in Greater Vancouver. Of course not. It's just that some people who thought they might want to sell or purchase a home during these kind of bleak months, they kind of thought, gee, is the timing right? Now, sure. people don't want to wait forever, so, you know, interest rates stayed low. The sky didn't fall. Prices did adjust. But I, you know, you and I, we talked about this quite a bit over the year that there's that little bit of a pent up demand that was that was not being satisfied. And I think that now that the fall has rolled around, people have, you know, adjusted their thinking a bit and understand that prices have dropped. And uh, there's good opportunity out there. People have jumped back in. So, boom, we have a September that's very positive. Sure. Uh, the interesting part of that quote was up 46% to just under the 10 year average. So, right. we're in a. You know, a, a decent market, a balanced market, but it's certainly nothing like it was in the past. But, you know, having seen all the, the people jump into the game, and I'm experiencing that with my listings, getting more showings. I think other agents are as well. Okay. Buyers looking at maybe saying, hey, maybe it's time to pull the trigger. We've got a rate guarantee at the bank and uh, we can afford a good property. So, you know, as we've discussed, yeah, September's good. And I think that's going to carry through October and November of this year. So, previous part of the year, not so great not if at you're all. a seller mm-hmm. or looking at numbers. But September, October, November, the fall, this is the time. So I'm, you know, telling that to some of my clients, and I'm available for people if they want to give me a call and talk about that further. Okay, good stuff. Now, a phrase that you used a a moment or so ago, John, is a repeat of a phrase that you've been using all summer long. People don't want to wait forever. 
However, as you also said, a lot of people have decided, you know, uh, things have gotten a little soft lately, so we'd like to sell for more than what we think we can get this week, so let's just sit on the sidelines and park it for a while. So they took the summer off, essentially. They were prepared to just sort of suck it up and see what happened. Well, what's happened is a lot more homes have been available for sale, among other things, and prices haven't really changed that dramatically while they've been sitting on the sidelines either, have they? Well, prices have dropped in most segments. If we go back a year, I, I don't remember the stat we were just reading, but uh, might be 7 or 10% on average in Greater Vancouver last year to this year. Right. Um, so, you know, prices have adjusted and that's going to happen when you have buyers stepping back and saying, I'm not ready to buy right now. You know, all the dynamics change and sellers get more competitive and prices come down. For the same reason, well, actually the opposite reasons, prices went up several years ago because buyers were jumping in like crazy and there wasn't quite enough inventory to satisfy those buyers. So of course, prices shoot up. So we're looking at the, at the, the other side of the curve right now where uh, you know, we had a, a, a months of very poor stats, mm-hmm. sellers you know, putting their homes on the market and getting lukewarm responses from buyers who were deciding to think, you know, hey, maybe we'll wait and see. Prices might come down. Now, here's the thing. Even though these stats are showing that September has come right back up to the 10-year average, right. The properties that are selling are properties that are priced attractively. Yes. Because buyers, you know, they want to jump in, but they're not going to be taken. They don't want to pay last year's prices, and they're very conscious of value. So when you're putting your house on the market, make sure you get a good evaluation. Um, Make sure you take a look at what your competition is and what things have been, you know, what's been going on in your segment. Because, uh, you know, when I'm looking at evaluations in any particular area, in any particular style of property, we're looking at the properties that sold and then the properties that didn't sell. Right. The properties that sold, they're selling pretty quick, a couple of weeks, a month, a week. Some properties are, you know, they're, they're quite hot if you have a good product and your price is in line with where the buyers are at. If you're, if you're pricing 10% over market, it's pretty much the kiss of death. And, you know, most buyers will say, hey, looks good, but I'm prepared to wait to see if the price drops or something better comes along. Well, let's dive into some of those specifics. And the benchmark price for detached homes dropped 8.6% in September. So the correction is still underway compared with last year, at least. The benchmark condo price down 6.5% from last year. The attached home price down 7.2%. So as you just said, they're, they're still different from, from where they were, certainly two years ago. But yes, the correction is still underway. And I'm curious about this from the perspective of, of you, the professional real estate person invited into someone's home, sitting across the kitchen table from them, discussing the potential sale at hand, and then having them tell you a price that they think they could get for their home that just isn't realistic. How do you address that matter with with potential sellers that would look to you for guidance and who have a, a price that's just not in sync with what buyers are looking for these days? Well, information is important. Uh, to make a good decision, you need to be well-informed. And when I meet with clients and they or potential clients and they ask me to do an evaluation, I, first of all, show them what their competition might be. Right. Because, you know, my theory is, it's not, you know, it's not uh, rocket science, that a buyer, you know, no house is right for everyone, but a buyer looking for a specific type of property is going to choose, look through all the alternatives that they have, all the choices they have, and they're going to find the one that looks like it might suit them, but also has the right value proposition there. And... uh, 
if you're not in the top two or three choices or the top five or ten in your segment, then you're just not going to get the offer because people will say, hey, that's not a bad house, but boy, you know, for that kind of money, I could get something ten years newer or larger or in a better location and that sort of thing. So information is important. And my job is to present it, but also help people interpret that information. So if you're going to a dance and you want to be chosen, you know, you want to look your best. Right. You want to make sure you're comparing yourself to the right, you know, people here so you can be chosen. It's not, it's no different in the real estate market. We also look at sales. What have people been paying for similar properties lately? Right. Because you might look at an active listing that's been on the market, say for a million dollars, it's been on the market for 90 days, 120 days. Well, it might've started at 1.18 or something and it's come down and down and down. That's not the best strategy from a seller's point of view, mind you. But if you are priced uh, over overpriced, a buyer will probably wait and see. I mean, I've even had calls from people saying, hey, uh, you know, John, I'm looking at your listing at this address, and right. I'm just curious, are your people planning a price reduction anytime soon? And it's an innocent question. Sure. It's not the kind of question that I can really answer without the permission of my seller. Of course. But uh, just be aware that... But that's certainly information you can report back to the seller. Listen, we got a really interesting nibble on the line today, but your price is still a little... A, a little out of reach for them. Uh, can we talk about the smart point? Right. Or exactly, or even if you're priced properly, people may still ask that questions because you know nobody has a 100% grasp on this market, right? And buyers don't really know, and they might see a house that looks like it's priced attractively, but they still, you know, I'm preparing my sellers to, when it comes to pricing to say, look, we don't want to overshoot this thing because that's the kiss of death. Mm-hmm. We want to be in what I call the success zone or the smart point where. We're competitive enough in our segment where the right person who, who appreciates what we offer is likely to bring an offer. So we want to be at that smart point. But at the same time, I prepare my sellers. Even if we are there, we have to be prepared that an offer might still come in $50,000 less sure. or whatever it might be because buyers are a little well, bit that's uncertain. that's the game they're playing these days too. Why not lowball and see what happens? Why not? Uh, and so my job as an agent is to prepare my sellers that this may happen. And when it does happen, we need to be ready to defend our uh, our price and our position in terms of pricing because I don't think you can convince a buyer to pay more than they think a property is worth, but you can show them why it's worth what you're asking. So defending uh, a, a, a listing price when an offer comes in is one of the biggest jobs right now of a listing agent. Number one might be to help them position properly and prepare the home so it shows to its greatest advantage. Sure. Portray all those advantages out there to attract the widest possible number of buyers that might be interested in that kind of product. And then when they come forward with offers, it's well to make sure that the offer is clean and it's not going to put your seller in any peril, sure. but also to through counteroffer process, usually defend the price uh, by way of examples and these sorts of things. So that's part of the art of real estate is to help people understand um, how to go about where the smart point is in terms of marketing your property, uh, what to likely expect when offers do come in and showings come in, and then how to stick handle that to, you know, I like to get a win. I like to get a good price, save people money on commission, which is what I've been doing the last you know number of years in real estate, but also get them in a position where they have the right timing. They're able to smoothly make a transition to buy their next property if that's something they're going to do. So again, it's um, you know it's a process, right. and knowing the lay of the land is is very important. And understanding, you know, the more information a seller can have, 
the more confident they are when offers do come in. And that's part of my job is to prepare them to make good decisions. Sure. And as, as, as far as timing goes, suppose now the timing and a seller, a potential seller is, okay, we had this on the market early in 2019 through January, February, and March and didn't get what we wanted. So we took it off the market because it wasn't going in the direction we were pretty keen on. And now we're back in the fall. We listen to the radio. We watch TV and read the papers. We know that there's a bit of a resurgence in activity. So we're going to relist. We're going to get back into the game this fall. So how different is the price they had in mind when they listed earlier this year in the wintertime that went nowhere for them? How different could that price be from earlier this year to what's going to make a sale now? In other words, should they be prepared to abandon that price from six or eight months ago and look at it as a whole new game? Well, I think you want to look at it as a whole new game. Um, to answer that question is a little tough because it depends on the situation of the seller and whatever they had it positioned at previously, but it also depends on the segment of the market. Sure. Some segments are rather crowded. And uh, for instance, I looked at a certain segment the other day, um, went back, and it was a little bit pricey for the neighborhood. I mean, the higher end segment of detached homes. And there were 24 listings that were somewhat similar in terms of price and amenity uh, and two sales over the last three months. So in that particular segment, it would seem that pricing is uh, still maybe working its way downward right. a little bit. So it really depends on the segment. And I'd have to sit down and, and look at the property and give advice to each person individually. But look at things with fresh eyes. That's this it. is a new market. That's the key. Uh, there are some great opportunities right now because buyers are jumping back in the game. Right. Some segments, I mean, are even, uh, I would even call them relatively hot. Um, if you want to go out and uh, say you're a first-time buyer and you want a house up to maybe, say, 800000 in Maple Ridge or Pitt Meadows or some of these areas. Some of these properties that are, if you've got a good, fresh property in a good neighborhood in this kind of price range, these things are kind of hard to come by right now. Sure. And you've got buyers from, you know, frustrated buyers who grew up in Burnaby who would love to stay in Burnaby, but they can't afford those prices. Right. They want a house and a yard and a picket fence, that sort of thing. And so they're coming up. So that segment, super hot. If you have um, a, a condo in Langley, it's one of the more uh, condo-heavy markets in, in, in Fraser Valley. Right. You know, that one's going to be a lot more competitive. So it comes down to the segment and what you offer. But my job is to sit down with people and tell them the truth as I understand it, give them the information, interpret it using my experience, and uh, give them their options. So, Only a minute before the news break for your comment. The other big story in the papers this week, the number of realtors in the lower mainland is dropping. They say a thousand fewer realtors, people in your profession, than there were a couple of years ago. Any thoughts on that? Well, I've seen the numbers go up and down many I'm times. I'm sure you have. You've been around a couple of dozen years. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, when markets are hot um, and uh, people perceive there's money to be made, um, the number of licensees increases and the number of, you know, realtors, real estate agents grows. And uh, a lot of times in a lot of markets, there's not enough business to go around for everyone. And uh, people, I think the failure rate or the, the transition rate in real estate is pretty high. I've heard 70% that start it maybe don't last more than a few years, but right. you know that's just off the top of my head. So it's a normal process when the market slows down that some people might look for uh, other ways of making a living. All right. So uh, no, 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 re no reason to panic. It's just a, a, an economic reality that happens with the fluctuations of the market. It's free enterprise. It's business. All right. John Carlson is our guest here on Vancouver Consumer this afternoon. JohnnySmartPoint.com is the website. You can reach him not exactly at this moment because he's on the radio, but 604-612-0080 is the number, 604-612-0080. Lots more with Johnny Smart Point when we return after the news on Vancouver Consumer.
Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer here on CKNW. I'm Sterling Fox. John Carlson, Personal Real Estate Corporation. My guest again this weekend in studio, Johnny SmartPoint is the website from which I quote this. A property that shows well, that is priced right, and that is marketed professionally will sell regardless of who's listing it and regardless of how much commission the seller has agreed to pay. Buyers don't care whose name is on the lawn sign or whose smiling face is beside the Realtor.ca listing. Buyers only care about whether the property they're considering purchasing fits their criteria and their budget. Period. John, that's, that sums it all up in a very succinct fashion. Uh, it, it's not about the lawn sign. It's about the property and the price, isn't it? It is. And I like to tell people, you know, real estate in greater Vancouver and assuming other areas is not about realtors. It's about buyers. It's about sellers. And if a, a real estate agent can um, add some value to a buyer or a seller uh, in terms of what they're looking to accomplish, then they'll be working. And if uh, you can't, you won't. So um, yes, the number one thing is you know, to promote your property properly, have, a, have the, the right value proposition there and let the market decide. I mean, I could tell you, Sterling, your house is worth a certain amount of money, but right. it wouldn't really matter unless I was accurate to what the market was doing because sure. the market will decide. Um, when it comes to commission structures, I've always, uh, you know, the last 10 years or so, my focus has been to provide top service and the results that I'm known for while saving people money compared to the majority of my competition. Sure. Yep. Now there's all kinds of business models out there. Typically the most common, uh, you know, commission structure in real estate in the area is 7% of the first hundred thousand and two and a half of the balance. Although that's not the only business model. It's not model. etched in stone, but it's pretty it's commonplace, isn't it? And there's two sides to a commission. There's the commission that's retained by the listing agent and brokerage. And then there's the commission, the part of the commission that's offered out typically roughly about half of it, to a buyer's agent. So, you know, we still are in a situation, a market where things are not flying off the shelves mm-hmm. and uh, buyer's agents and their buyers are saying, hey, we want our, our agents to get paid. But a lot of sellers are saying, you know, I'm not sure we're comfortable paying thirty or $40,000 or seven and two and a half. And what are my options? What can I do as a seller? And you have all kinds of options. Uh, you know, as far as I know, there's companies out there that'll sell you a sign and put you on MLS and say, there you go, have fun. Yeah. Um, I don't do that. I am a full service agent. But if you take a look at my website, I do have a price graph. And uh, for instance, if you were to uh, have a $900,000 property and you wanted to pay a commission of seven and two and a half, I think it works out to somewhere around $27,000. I've well, got it up right open. I just opened the page in front of me and you're, you're, you're spot on. A $900,000 property, most other brokers, the real estate commission would be $27,000. Right. And what I do is it's 1% per side, 2% realty. So you'd pay $18,000 dollars commission, a saving of 9000 or roughly a third. And that's a, that's a pretty good savings in this market, while at the same time offering out a reasonable commission to the buyer's agent. And, and that is something that you have to consider in this kind of market as well. We just talked about how, you know, the number of agents in Greater Vancouver has dropped by a thousand that's recently. Yeah. It's, you know, in my opinion, that's likely to continue with the way the market is. It's not a, a red hot market. The numbers have just creeped up recently to the 10 year average. Right. So we've been in a depressed market in mm-hmm. terms of the number of sales. So you want to look at, you know, the entire package in terms of how you price, how you position the commission structure that you're offering. And that's really what comes back to the smart point. That's why it's johnnysmartpoint.com because I'll sit down with a seller and I'll say, let's talk about pricing. Let's talk about how you might want to present the commission structure to the other agents. Let's talk about the right, the smart place to be because 
in my experience, I've been able to help people save money, sell for good money, and you know, in in essence, get a win where they feel comfortable uh, that they you know they didn't get they didn't pay a huge price that they weren't happy with. Right. They were very happy with the service they got, and in the end, you know, they were they were able to go out and look at that next property or put a lot of money in the bank. I suppose too, John, uh, the big advantage that you offer uh, as the uh, as the degree of experience you bring with you matters uh, more uh, as these times go on, given the fluctuation, the variability in the marketplace these days. You've been around for almost 24 years. You've seen, my gosh, we made it through 08, barely, but we made it. You've you've seen the ups and downs of the real estate market around all of Metro Vancouver for a couple of decades. It rises, it falls, and, and, and life goes on, as you just said a few moments ago. They're not going to start not selling homes in Metro Vancouver because the prices aren't where they hoped they would be. Life goes on. So right. when, when, you're, when you're bringing this degree of experience to a marketplace that has changed, and if you're new to Vancouver and you bought, you moved here two years ago, and you bought a house at the peak of, of the, the price range, and now two years ago, or two years later, rather, you're, you're, you're looking at the marketplace going, oh my gosh, you know, we were the game plan was we were going to move here and sell in a couple of years and then take the next step. Well, that next step isn't possible because we're nowhere close to what we were hoping to get in two years. Yet, they still want to sell. So what do they do? They need an experienced realtor who can guide them through the maze of pricing and variation in the market. And uh, and this is a word that you use a lot that I think needs to be explained a little bit more. And the ability to defend your price. Talk about defending your price, assuming the price is somewhat realistic. Yes, when you place your property on MLS and you offer it out to the public for sale and you're hoping to entertain offers, you'd better be ready to defend your price when offers do come in. Because as we just talked about, the market's been somewhat slow. It's been somewhat weak. Buyers are not sure, gee, what's going on? The Some stats say this, some stats say yep. this. I'm looking at this property. It's been on the market for six months. It hasn't sold. I look at that property down the street. It sold in two weeks. Yep. Uh, boy, I'm, I want to buy a property, but you know... I don't want to pay the wrong price. I don't want to get in a mistake because the market might still be soft. So buyers will look at properties and they'll try. I think right now, most buyers are writing offers that are, that are, um, um, you know, they're careful, careful offers. They're not just throwing full price offers out there. So a big part of getting the money that you deserve, uh, that your house deserves uh, involves having an agent that can help you defend it. Because if if you're listed for uh, 950000 and someone throws you an offer at 850000 well, what do you do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, assuming you're worth somewhere close to, you know, there's a bunch of different strategies that you can use. One might be to say, hey, thanks, but no thanks. You, obviously, we have a difference of opinion. And does it really make sense for us as sellers to tie ourselves into a counteroffer with you when we obviously have such a big gap? Yeah. Feel free to come back when you're more serious. Sure. Or another offer might be to make a counteroffer that's close. You know, there's all kinds of ways to do this, but that's where experience comes in. And well, I was I find just going to say, John, I mean, for most of us, we move, we buy or sell a property in our entire lifetimes, maybe four or five times, maybe half a dozen. Now, you do have clients who are into the game and who do buy properties once every couple of years or so and, and, and move around the board, so to speak, but most of us don't. So, uh, it's an irregular event in our lives. We don't have the opportunity to accumulate a lot of, of, of 
traffic, daily traffic experience on, well, gosh, this time around, when we're going to sell, it's dramatically different from the last time. And gee, how do you approach this now? Because last time it was a rough ride. This time it's going to be crazy. This is more than ever a time in which an experienced guidance type agent is going to be the difference between success or not. I I really believe that. Yes. Right now, um, having an experienced agent who you know, tells the truth as he or she understands it and uh, gives good, solid advice that relates to the market that we're in, you know, that's that's really key. I find sellers have a kind of a, they come to me and say, gee, you know, I know what we want for the property. Mm-hmm. I know it. But really, is this is this going to happen? Are we in the right range if this is, you know, kind of where we want to be? And my job is to help interpret the market well enough to give them the information to be confident on the market. Because if you're not confident, in a market like this, um, you know, you might not know what to do. Well, exactly. And I think that's a very good point to make. I, th- I think there are a lot of people still just trying desperately to figure out what's going on in the market because it isn't exactly moving at a jet pace that it was a couple of years ago. Let's hear from Shirley. Ben, we've got Shirley's uh, comments lined up uh, here. Shirley had uh, had uh, dealt with Mr. Carlson in the past. And, well, here are her observations. Well, I originally had heard him on the radio on your station, which I listened to faithfully. And, uh, you know, I heard his uh, advertising. And uh, when it was time for me to uh, make my move, because both my kids were in Alberta, I um, called him last fall and uh, because he says, come out and um, John was always available for phone calls, and uh, he is no different than any other real estate company out there. It's just a matter of the difference of commission. They say moving is one of the most stressful times in your life, and John Carlson made it so easy. My house sold on the first open with multiple offers, and he saved me $20,000 in commissions. I would definitely recommend John as he's knowledgeable and professional and you won't regret it. Thanks again, John and family, for being so easy to deal with. Well, there you go. Now, remind us of uh, what sort of property Shirley had that you uh, helped her move. Shirley had a house in central Coquitlam. Okay. And uh, really nice condition, you know, uh, close to park and that sort of stuff. And it was it was a real nice nice listing. And we, we had good fortune. We did get multiple offers um, uh, without getting into personal details. Uh, the strategy on this one was to price it well, if not a little bit sharp, uh, because timing was an issue. So uh, we did that. We got multiple offers, and in the end, it worked out fantastic. It's great to hear, you know, Shirley, uh, that she's happy with me. And mm-hmm. I just want to let the listeners know out there that this is a process I would love to repeat over and over and over again. Sure. Love working in the Tri-Cities. Um, I, uh, you know, what, what do I do? My special, I specialize in residential resale. So I work with, you know, moms and pops, families looking to sell their home, downsizing, upsizing, young families, another child moving from a con to mm-hmm. a house or a townhouse. I work with first-time buyers. I don't work for developers and these big projects and that sort of thing. I simply sit down with people, help guide them through the process, and in the end, I want to make them as happy as I made Shirley. Shirley, by the way, thanks so much for listening to the program. Ben and I very much appreciate your loyalty here to CKNW on Saturday afternoons. It's lovely to hear that you tune us in every now and then. Shirley also made the point that I tried to make. Uh, she did a much better job of it a few minutes ago, and that was she just point, put it point blank. Moving. They say moving is one of the most stressful experiences in life. 
Well done, Shirley. That's exactly what I was trying to get to. And, and it, we, we have so few experiences like that in life that there, the gaps between them, John, there's too much information that we just didn't get. Thus, the need for an experienced realtor. Yes, and it can be stressful. It doesn't have to be, but when you think of the different motivations that can go into the reasons for selling, and then you combine that with you know, the unknown factor and, and big money, this is the big investment that most families have. So you know, this is very important business. We're not messing around here. Mm-hmm. And my job is to, again, tell the truth as I understand it, act as an agent uh, and, and represent the interests of my sellers and give them good advice. And when you do that, uh, and apply a, a good skill set to it, the chances are you're, you're going to help your clients be successful and they're going to be as happy as Shirley is. So let I'd love quote, to hear from more of you. Let me quote again from johnnysmartpoint.com and a quick paragraph here. The only discount you get with 2% Realty West Coast is keeping more of your investment for the important things in life. Technology and homes have evolved. Why haven't commissions? That's a reasonable question, John Carlson. It is, and things do evolve. And when I'm talking about savings, I want to be clear. I'm comparing to the, 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 the most common commission structure out there, 7% of the first 100,000, 2.5% of the balance. There are all kinds of things, and there's things coming. I mean, internet companies that are looking to oh, get into yeah, real estate. That's right. Uh, you've got different business models all over the place, but what is the, where's the smart point? What is the smart position to take as a seller when it comes to these things. And, and uh, this is what I've you know, been doing for 23 years. And uh, this is what I'm offering to my sellers to give you the best advice possible so that you can come out with a win. All right. Any uh, showings or new listings to talk about this weekend, John? You know, I've got a new listing and I want to mention it because it just hit MLS uh, on Friday. And this is a condo in Maple Ridge, and it's not an age-restricted building. It's, it's for all ages. And it's number 413. The address is 11595 Fraser Street. And this the reason I want to mention this one is because it's the top floor, fourth floor. It's a corner unit with a wraparound balcony. It has panoramic views over the Fraser River uh, to Mount Baker. And then from the balcony, you can see to the north to the Golden Ears Mountains. It's got 15-foot vault ceiling in the living room. It's got a 15-foot vault ceiling in the master bedroom, second fireplace. It's it's amazing. you got to check it out. It's 439.9. Wow. So uh, that's one that's definitely worth looking at. The building has been completely rain screened, new windows. I mean, it's a winner. Give me a call. Go to my website. It'll be there very soon. johnnysmartpoint.com is the website, the phone number, and you can call them now. 604-612-0080. 612-0080. John Carlson, a pleasure. We'll catch up to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks. I'll see you in two weeks. All right. We're back after this. And once again, our thanks to John Carlson for another very informative visit. Sherry McMillan returns on the program next week with more on estate planning. Time now for Duly Noted. And this time around, our producer, Ben Dooley, looks at a North Shore to Vancouver rapid transit line. Thanks, Sterling. The B.C. government is moving forward with plans to explore a fixed-link rapid transit between downtown Vancouver and the North Shore. The NDP government announced on Thursday that it has hired international engineering firm Mott McDonald to study the feasibility of a high-capacity transit crossing from the Broad Inlet to the North Shore. The company has been tasked with looking at the possible options, be it a tunnel, a new bridge, or even a gondola service. Here's North Vancouver Lonsdale MLA Bowen Ma. Pretty much everything is on the table. 
what McDonald Engineering is being asked to do is to find a technically feasible solution to connect the North Shore into the rapid transit network. In 2018, the group recommended connecting Central Lonsdale to the Vancouver Core and the regional SkyTrain networks as a key step to improving mobility in the region. The North Shore bridges have routinely been the site of gridlock traffic despite efforts to improve emergency access and keep towing vehicles at the ready during peak hours. The study will consist of two phases, with the first exploring options to connect the North Shore to the region's larger transit network. Once a short list of options is complete, the second phase will consist of a detailed engineering and planning review. The study is expected to be completed next year. I'm Ben Dooley, and that's Dooley Noted. Thanks, Ben. Time for a couple more consumer quickies before we go. Although there are some misconceptions, BC still has one of the highest rates of electric battery vehicle adoption in the country. Today, there are about 26,000 electric battery vehicles in BC. That's projected to rise to nearly 400,000 by 2030. Now, about those misconceptions, many people, almost 70% of us, are delaying even thinking about buying an electric car because they worry there won't be enough places to keep their vehicle charged. This according to a new survey from BC Hydro. The findings suggest old school fueling habits at gas stations may lead drivers to think public charging stations are more necessary than needed. As well, 24% of gas-powered vehicle owners don't want to switch because of the increase in electricity use from charging at home. Well, the numbers just don't add up, says Hydro, pointing out the fueling costs of an electric battery vehicle are far lower than a gas-powered vehicle. They use the Nissan Leaf for their example, which they say costs under 25 bucks a month to charge at home every day, while gassing up a similar-sized car, like a Honda Civic, costs about 175 a month. BC Hydro remains convinced if more of us in single and multiple family homes use their rebate program and install charging stations, a lot more misconceptions will disappear. Hey, our good friend Rob Williams over at the Daily Hive Sports Desk says Vancouver can owner Francesco Aquilini contemplating a minor logo change in his team's 50th anniversary season. He says he likes the Orca logo, but he's not against tweaking it a little. So the team, by the way, has dropped Vancouver from their jerseys this season. They've made changes to the modernized stick and ring shoulder patches. Oh, and they will play one more game without a captain. That's tonight in Calgary before they return home for their home opener next Wednesday against the Kings of Los Angeles. And Wednesday is when head coach Travis Green says the team will award the C at a special event at Rogers Arena. It's probably the worst kept secret in town. I'm pulling for Horvat along with most Canucks fans. That is our program for today, produced by Ben Dooley, Andrew Ferreira at the controls. I'm Sterling Fox, and for all of us here at Vancouver Consumer, we hope to have you back with us next Saturday afternoon at 2, right here on CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.